0: Welcome to The Spark To Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe we all have a bright spark inside when you find yours and light it up. Not only do you light up inside, and that feels incredible, but you light up the world around you, allowing others to feel amazing too. What a great gift to give, not just to yourself, but to all those people around you. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and some positivity into your day. And today we're definitely going to do that. So welcome to this episode for young people and the young at heart as we continue the series about sexual and gender identity. The purpose of this series is to give young people who are in the LGBTQ community a voice, Provide young people are questioning, an opportunity to learn from those young people who have already embarked and are along the path of that journey for themselves and to provide a bank of resources to help young people and parents to get the information and support that they need on this really important topic in life. Today's episode is with Tayshan, my gorgeous daughter, and a young man named Nath, who identifies as pansexual, so great example of how your sexuality can be fluid, and that's absolutely okay. You'll hear Nathan talk very openly about his journey, uh, coming out at 12 as bi, then becoming a gay young man, and in the last few years, feeling more attraction to girls again now, and so making that decision that perhaps his sexual identity, for now at least, is pansexual. Now, for those of you that are thinking like, what the heck is pansexual? How is that different than bisexual? Let me just give you the definition of pansexual to set the frame for the conversation. So pansexuality is sexual, romantic or emotional attraction towards people, regardless of their sex or gender identity. So pansexual people may refer to themselves sometimes as gender blind asserting that gender and sex are not determining factors in their romantic or sexual attraction to others. So by definition, being pansexual is sexual or romantic attraction to people, regardless of their gender. So sexual fluidity, being bullied and then owning your sexual identity allowing that to set you free, taking back your power from the bullies are all part of our topic of conversation today. Along with porn, is it good or bad, ethical or not? How does it educate or mislead young people of all sexual and gender identities? Enjoy this conversation. Have a listen in. I know
1: quite a bit about you, but um, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So age, where you live, pronouns, sexuality, things like that.
2: Right, yeah. So um, I'm Nathan. I'm from Stowe. I'm 22. I consider myself like as he, him. I did not mind them as well, to be fair, because it's kind of just like, you don't have to think about my sexuality when you consider me. And then I also consider myself to be pansexual, but I usually describe it as bi just because it's easier for everyone to understand, really.
1: Tell us a little bit about your journey to coming out as pansexual.
2: To be fair, it's kind of like um, new. So I was young when I came out. I was about 12 and I'd just kissed my first boy, etc. cetera. And um, I came out as bi at first, but then I suddenly started losing interest in women because I was going towards like wanting to experiment with boys a lot more. So I kind of sidelined women and then just ended up thinking I was gay or maybe was gay for that period of time. And then... More recently, like within like the past couple of years, I've been kind of feeling like more attraction to girls. So as that's like developed, I've ended up considering myself what I do now, which is pansexual, just because I'm attracted to both.
1: So that's fair uh, Well,
2: anything, anything. I don't know if I like it until I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That. <laughs> um, that's how I see it.
1: Interesting what you say that you said, obviously you you might have been gay for like that time. It just points to the fact that sexuality is so fluid and you're allowed to change what sexuality you identify with.
2: Exactly. Like even now still, um, people make me feel like, oh, you were this, then you're this. And I'm like, well, that's how I feel. That's that's all it is. Like That's what I'm interested in. That's what I want at the time. And if I don't know, I like something at the time. It's like you've not had ice cream for the first time and then you like it the first time you try it. And that's the same with me. I don't know if I, I like it until I've tried it.
1: Yeah, I get that. I completely, I completely get that. And like you said, people will be like, I thought you were this because you dated a boy before. And it's like, it's yeah. none of your business and be <laughs> not the sexuality police. Like I can choose to feel and identify as whoever and whatever I want to
2: exactly how do you know how I feel
1: (laughs) yeah exactly did you ever feel like you needed to um come out as such
2: kind of yeah um at first it was kind of like I needed to say to people that I was interested in that person so people knew but it was probably more of a, a stigma with um my friends saying like oh have you told such and such yet and I was like why do I need to have to tell these people? And it, that's what made me so anxious about coming out. But as I've realised later down the line, like around now, is I don't really, I don't really need to tell people. I haven't really needed to tell people until they need to know, if you get what I mean. Like my dad, I didn't really have to come out to my dad. One day we ended up just speaking about my boyfriend, but he'd known that I was speaking to guys without me having to tell him that I was speaking to guys as well. But then now I think it would be a bit confused if I brought a girl home <laughs> just because he doesn't understand how that would work, if you get what I mean.
1: Yeah, and I think, not to put this on the whole older generation, but I think people of an older generation more so struggle to understand that sexuality is fluid and that you can mm-hmm change your sexuality depending on how you feel at the time i think it's very like gender there is almost like a binary of like you are gay or like you are straight or like yes exactly you are bisexual people can kind of understand that a bit more but to say that it's fluid and it can change over time is where people kind of struggle maybe to understand
2: definitely i've had many of people that's why i say i'm bisexual to people because then they understand it they they know that i like both whereas pansexual is just that bit harder for them to grasp so it's like it because it's another word is like what they're seeing as like oh what the adding to the lgbtq now and it's just like there's so many things it's just you don't need to know about it like you don't need to challenge it because it's how that person feels at the end of the day it doesn't really matter does it
1: yeah, exactly. It's so funny because um, Bella, the last guest that I spoke to, she said the exact same thing. She said, I, I like people regardless of their gender, um, but saying I'm bi is just easier than explaining that I'm pansexual.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: I do think it's a it's not a new term at all. Like it isn't. But not in actual. terms of like today's society, it is like a newer term, I suppose.
2: I completely agree. It's um, none of the words that keep on getting added to the thingy. They're not old words. They're not new words. I mean, they're old words. And it's only the fact that we speak about them more freely is what makes them known to people and in the wider mainstream culture.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more conversations, isn't there, about sexuality now and all the different types of sexuality that are out there that have always been out there are just being more spoken about now, which is only a good thing, obviously. Have people generally been accepting? Have you ever experienced any um, homophobia, biphobia, anything like that?
2: I'd say my actual worst time of homophobia was probably when I was younger. And that was actually before I'd even come out. So <laughs> it was funny because I came out in year eight, and the bullying was kind of more the most heavy. It wasn't really like heavy bullying, but it was like really badly emotionally. And um, I, every time they teased me about it, like I would say I'd like I didn't care. And then once I realised, I turned around to me and I said, "Yeah, I am gay," because that's what they used to say. They used to be like. Oh, are you gay? Are you gay? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're like, are oh, you? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, why are you teasing me? Like mocking me for this when you didn't even think I was. But now I actually am. You're confused. And since then, I kind of felt more freer once I realised. And then once I started being open about it. And that's kind of what drives my personality as well. As it's all just open and then people can't get to me for it. And ever since then, it's kind of been a shield. It's just been, it's great to not care.
1: When you own it, like, I don't get me wrong, it is often very hard to own things that people are bullying for it. But you, I do tend to find, like, when you own it, it takes away their power. Like, you reclaim exactly. your power back and you're like, well, I don't, you can't bully me about this because I'm literally owning it. Like, yes, I'm gay. What? What, <laughs> what are you going to do you, about it?
2: Exactly, like... Because that's what they're pointing out. They're pointing out the obvious, like the stereotypical, but you can stand there and understand the reason they're saying these hateful things. And that is what allows me to not rise back at them, because I don't care what you have to say. I know the reasons you're saying it and the reason you choose to pour hate out of your mouth instead of care and love. So. You do, you do you. I'm going to get on with me. <laughs> well,
1: that's such a good mindset to have, though, because like you said, they are just trying to point out your insecurities because of their own insecurities. And if you're not insecure about it, then they can't affect you. Own your power. Yes. Reclaim it. <laughs> <laughs> so, next question. Um, have you ever felt like you needed to fit into any stereotypes?
2: No. I'd say as a whole, no. But I have been stereotyped but i think everyone does everyone looks at people and think oh who are you like i reckon you're this gay guy that etc etc and then you look at someone else and you'd be like oh you're this 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 and this but you're only assuming things you don't really you've not got any clarification on that person until you know them.
1: I think with being gay, as obviously I know you don't identify as that anymore, but being gay, you always hear about like, oh, this is my gay best friend and like yeah. stuff like that. And that's such an assumption, like you said, of what that person is like. That's not their whole personality.
2: Exactly. But what I see it as as well is when people do it, I don't get mad at it either because it's not their fault that they've always known me as their Gay best friend when we were friends. So I never, it's like I have a friend that uh, has come out as, well, she's now a he. And that gets mistaken a lot as well. And they use his old name a lot. And he doesn't get angry at the mistaken because they don't understand that yet. And that's why it's when then your point to educate them on it and say, this is how this goes
1: yes definitely and I think that's so important in terms of everything but I do think in terms of people who are trans I think it's so important to as allies to kind of step up in that way
2: oh definitely yeah everyone should stand up for everyone in, in times like that like you do have to say because if if people are repeatedly doing it that is a, that's an issue I'm saying it's if you mistake it it once, that's fine. But you should learn from that first time that the person mistaken it should.
1: Sometimes like I make mistakes in terms of pronouns and obviously all mistakes in general. And I want people to correct me so that I understand, Same. but especially kind of in terms of pronouns, like you said, or like dead naming people who are trans, like, yeah, maybe once, but... You know, you learn from that, and you carry on using the correct name and the correct pronouns that they feel comfortable with. So, um, where have you found the best support? Have you got any resources that you suggest to people?
2: As I've grown up, I've always been told about these resources and um, pushed to go to them, or like so I've been told to go to like the social groups or go online stuff like that. I've just never taken myself upon it. Like, my main support is my friends, who I consider as family. Like, I make my own um, circles of family, and they're all my support.
1: Oh, that's so nice, though, to have people really close to you that you can rely on, and just like a support bubble, isn't it?
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: And many of your friends, like, in the LGBT community?
2: Not many of them. Uh, Well... A lot of them. I have I have a lot of mates, but um, I'd say like it wouldn't be over half. They'd be like about a third of them probably. Yeah. See, that's the thing because recently I have been looking at um, sexuality as a bit more of a fluid thing. I don't really look at someone and class them as just um, heterosexual anymore because I've had another friend again recently I've been speaking to and um, she's in a relationship with a guy and she wants to she finds women attractive as well so she's been open to that and maybe open to like then a three way and it was a funny thing to be fair she mentioned to me about how her boyfriend said he would be fine with that but only if it wasn't with another guy and I I found that so funny and like typical
1: (laughs) that is literally typical yeah I do know what you mean though about like assuming people's sexuality because that's one thing I'm like learning to do is not assume people's sexuality or gender um yeah I think that's like a really important step I think that's kind of like the next step of like getting over this like binary and things like that is not assuming and like opening up the conversation about it especially in terms of like pronouns like asking people's pronouns or yeah not assuming that people are straight i think with kids as well like not assuming that your child's going to be straight because that's not that could well not be the case um have you got any advice for parents so parents who might have children who are questioning their sexuality have you got any advice on kind of how to go about having the conversation or the support to provide
2: i would definitely encourage them to speak to the kids especially Because at at this time, they're trying to understand how they're feeling. I know how I would feel if my parents could try and understand how I was feeling at the time with me as well. Because when I was younger, it was assumed like, oh, you've got a girlfriend. How many girlfriends have you got? All that. That's what I got when I was younger. And then when I started having feelings for boys as well, it was, I started closing myself off from talking to my parents about that stuff. And I think, it's not about going into it really that much, but it's about understanding what the what the what they're trying to say, how they feel.
1: Communication's really important. And like you said, it's not even like trying to fix it for them, do you know what I mean? Or make them like understand they don't need to have an answer. You just need to be there for them whilst they work it out.
2: Exactly. Listen, listen to them. Yeah. Be there for them. Even and that's a thing. Um even if they don't want to talk about it, as long as the child knows that that parent's ready for them to say whatever they've got to say, if they feel that way, um, that that's there.
1: Yeah, that there's this kind of open, like safe space for the conversation to happen if that child's ready. Um, Next one, I've been asking people who've been on about this, and I think it's really interesting to hear people's answers. So sex ed in school I'm intrigued to hear about your experiences of sex ed in school and what you think needs to
2: change. Well, (laughs) mine was, I think I remember a, it was like 50 minute, 45 minute lesson on how things worked. But all I remember is seeing the two pictures of the two things and they were the main things I was interested in. And I was like, oh, trying to understand it. But I don't think, I don't think they understand it. They don't understand how to teach it because they have a biased point, don't they? They're explaining half of the situation. It's just, uh, it doesn't work. I uh, definitely didn't get taught. I don't understand how it gets taught now, but I'd love to see how it differs from how I got taught it and what they do get taught because, again, it's, it's, do they really understand all of these different things and what they're put? like they're teaching the young minds to understand at this time.
1: Yeah, I think it's such a taboo subject that like teachers get really awkward about it and like the kids get awkward because the teachers are talking to them about it. But it's like, if we actually had these conversations with kids, it wouldn't be awkward. Like if we had these conversations regularly, it wouldn't be awkward and kids would just have safer sex because they're educated about it. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me why it is, like you said, like a, a one, one lesson, maybe a, a couple of lessons from like a very scientific point of view about how sex works and like um, sexual diseases and stuff like that. But it's not really gone into detail about like the emotional side of it or like how it actually works, what is safe, what isn't safe.
2: It um, it's kind of almost like it, it only explains puberty, the actual, like you said, scientific part of what your body's going through and I think you need more, you need you need them at different stages in your life that are important when these things are happening because you don't know what's going on and you need to understand them and if they're only giving you the scientific you do need that emotional, you need to when I had it taught to me, it was a This is a lesson. We are teaching you this. You don't really get to ask anything. I think one person asked something at the end and the teacher told them to shut up because it was a stupid question about something ridiculous that you'd joke about as a kid. I think it should be more of a, right, this is a a safe space for everyone to talk about how we actually feel and our emotions towards these things and we can un- understand everything together. And that I think that kind of like group chat, even if it's one-on-one conversations who they feel comfortable with, stuff like that.
1: And I think if conversations like that were opened up, like if a child or a teenager, whatever, like a teenager got into a situation that they felt wasn't how they wanted or their partners asked them to do this, they could then have the conversation with someone else an adult or a friend and say they wanted me to do this oh I don't know if I want to do that or do you know what I mean like you could open up the conversation rather than when we were in school I think if someone had done that to me or I was in that situation I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to anyone about it I would have just been like I'm just gonna go along with this because I don't know if that's right or wrong exactly I agree one thing that got brought up in another conversation was that like we don't learn about it in school and then people turn to porn which is completely unrealistic and so dangerous like in terms of sexual experiences like don't get me wrong I understand the enticement of it and I think ethical porn and like sex work is is absolutely fine like you go for doing it like in creating like an ethical safe space for porn but for like people in school particularly boys will go and watch porn and it's so unethical it's completely unrealistic they don't generally use protection or anything like that. And people think that that's what sex is actually like. And it's literally nothing like that. Like nothing like that.
2: You see, I, um, yeah, I agree. I, I, well, I, I thought about this. I was thinking, I was talking to my, a lot of my mates and we were on about how, um, could porn be like influencing itself? So like, we've got this image of pornography, that then goes into porn and then influences our sexual lives. So it's kind of like trends in fashion, where oh, this porn's in now, so these people are into this now. It's it's strange.
1: It is strange, and I think there's generally, like a baseline of what porn, obviously, is porn. It's it's sex. That that's the baseline. But like. <laughs> very slim like perfectly shaven there's not a, there's not a body hair in sight like doing all this do you know what i mean and it's like that's the basic i like you said there's loads i kind of
2: disagree on that you know i i kind of disagree um okay. i i think you can find what tickles your peach <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you not think it's on it like like if if if
2: you, if you yeah. search for that yeah if if you search for normal porn you'll find the shaven skinny tanned blonde-haired girls but if you search your specifics and then again you go into your sexual preferences and you add on those words and google's very good <laughs> but there's there's that many categories that you can watch what you're into if you get what I mean so if you did like bigger girls if you did like all the different kinds of things there are you could find that
1: I do get that as an adult I think you would know to search you know your sexual preferences I completely get that but as a child in like as a teenager that you're just getting into it you're like what fifth 15 legally 16 but Like a lot of kids are doing it before that age. We'll be honest. Like you would, you would just search for in inverted commas normal sex. Do you know what I mean? That would come up. I know a lot of people obviously watch lesbian porn, but like I think I wouldn't have known as a child, as a teenager, to search for things like that.
2: I would agree. I would agree normally, but in my case, I I think I've got a bit of too much early exposure. That's fair enough. That's
1: fair enough. I'm only speaking from obviously my perspective. Other people might have searched for very fruity things. (laughs) I I
2: know. I know a lot of stories. I know a lot of stories.
1: (laughs) Get them after after this podcast. (laughs) We're gonna have a good chat. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, what advice would you give to your younger self if you could go back in time?
2: Oh. And not a lot, to be fair, because I kind of, I like the path that I've been on that leads me to where I am to understand what I am now. So, and like I said, the the sexuality of me being gay for that period of time is what it could have been. It it Well, it is what it is. It's that period of time I was this sexuality and now I'm this sexuality. So I kind of don't regret well, not not regret, like, I'd just turn I don't know, I think I'd turn around and say I wouldn't put a label on it, really, because that is what has kind of led me to say I'm gay, so then I haven't, well, then again, whilst I was gay, I still end up experimenting with women, so it was always there, but I just, it was gay, I was classed as gay then, so then it was kind of hard. I think that's what kind of did delay my process to becoming pansexual now because it kind of did make me feel like will a woman want to be with a guy that likes guys and wants to be with guys as well that was a hard part for me to be honest but as long as I own what I am that's that's when I feel comfortable to be open about things and because I understand it I can then explain it to people
1: I love that. That like you're right. Everything that you've gone through, and all the thought processes, all the identities that you've identified with, have led you to be who you are now. So it's it's nice that you wouldn't go back and change anything. Um, like you said, I think a lot of people feel the need. I certainly did to put a label feel like feel the pressure to put a label on it. I think to help, I help. I think it helps you yourself understand what you're going through, but also. It makes it easier to explain to other people, not that you need to do that, but obviously it does come up sometimes. So, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from on that one. Oh, it's been lovely speaking to
0: you. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Taysha, that was a great interview with Nath, a little bit different again, a few surprises along the way. What did you take, what were your insights and your aha moments in that interview
1: I think Nate more than anyone really that we've spoken to kind of his experience shows that you sexuality is fluid so obviously he he identified as bi and then noticed he wasn't really attracted to women and then identified as gay and as he said kind of in the interview genuinely probably was gay at that point he didn't feel any attraction to women And now more recently, he identifies as pansexual. Um, So it just kind of proves, doesn't it, that sexuality is fluid and on a spectrum as well. Um, And I love his ice cream analogy. That was one of my favorite (laughs) analogies. Um, And what I really liked about this interview is like me and Nath are good friends anyway, so he's not afraid to challenge me on things obviously at one point he was like oh no like I have a different opinion on that which I loved like when we were talking about um porn and what you can find on there and he was just like I disagree these are my reasons um and we had a bit of a discussion about it which I absolutely loved um but yeah I just think his experiences just prove that sexuality really is fluid and it's okay to change your label like it's absolutely fine if the label that you started with isn't the one that you feel right now when it might yes. not be the one in the future that's absolutely okay it's whatever you feel in the moment that's important
0: but and interesting also that he still tells people he's gay because it's easier than trying to explain what pansexual is
1: yeah he says he's bi um oh, right
0: yeah right
1: yeah so it's the same with bella though in bella's episode we spoke about the fact that she is probably pansexual but yeah. bisexual is just a lot easier to explain than pansexual yes. is um so
0: but it was great to have that conversation and bring that out that you know what pansexual is and how it's different so I really enjoyed that interview uh and uh, I'm looking forward to all the interviews that we've got to come as well so you have been listening to me TJ Dow and the wonderful Tayshan Dow on the Spark to Your Success podcast Join us in the next episode where there is going to be more interviews and more insights and more resources as we go as well as we continue our series about sexual and gender identity. In the meantime, give us a follow, leave us a review and share with everyone you know. Bye for now.